there, friends. Welcome to the Rosé Hour podcast. I'm your host, Renee J. Johnson, and today we have only one guest. That's right, one guest, Billy Coleman from North Chicago, Illinois. Everybody drink rosé, rosé. So we sipping rosé. We gonna sip rosé, rosé. Sipping rosé. Baby girl, she don't play, don't play. So we sipping rosé. Hey there, friends. It's Renee, your host here at the Rose Hour Podcast. We are here on episode A. Pew, pew, pew. And today, Bartender Ben has something real like raptific for us to sip. You said raptific? Raptific. <laughs> raptific. Hey, how you doing? Uh, this week, we're, we're drinking. Lux Bel Air, Lux Rose. Yeah, so this is the Rick. This is the Rick Ross one, right? Yes. So I wonder how Rick Ross got into this because I mean, it's pretty good, but I mean, you know, it's not bad. Well. Remember last Thursday, we did our first happy hour virtually? What was your favorite part about it? Getting drunk. Okay. Well, that that was a thing. But maybe we had over 80 people show up. (laughs) Yeah, I really like the format. People joining in. Yeah, it was really awesome. And I'm so excited. We have... Billy this week as a guest and we sort of had a virtual happy hour in real life a couple weeks ago when all my friends came in town. That was dope. Yeah, I had like eight friends in town and we recorded a whole bunch of episodes so I sound a little raspy. Still. Hey, getting better though. Exactly. Well, we lost you. I know, right? <laughs> That's when Corona first broke out. Right. Well, I'm so excited that we get to talk about being global citizens and I think right now people can't be but it's good information for when we can roam the country again yes definitely alright well let's get into the first interview alright then hey there friends it's a raspy ass Renee here <laughs> at the Rosie Hour Podcast and I'm here today with someone who flew in from Chicago, got here at one o'clock in the morning and wanted to be here for the show. A true blue, there for you, friend, Billy Coleman. Hey, what's up, y'all? What's up? Shout out Lake County, Illinois, hey. North Chicago, Waukegan. North Chicago. And we don't mean Chicago's North Side. We no. mean the city of North Chicago. Yay! Yeah, 60064. And listen, and we're not talking about what was that, that lyric? That the brat had I'm from the 60064 or something like that, she mm. said. Okay, well, we don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> not surprised. I'm not, I don't know. Uh, I had a couple of rosés. So it happens. Um, but Billy, thank you so much for being here on the show today. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really happy to be here. Yes. And Billy, you are so, 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 so amazing. Uh-huh. You are a man of many traits and like... I want you to be able to like tell people because I I can't tell everybody everything about you. Right. So 
Drop some things about you. Tell us who you are. All right. Uh, my name is actually William, but all my friends call me Billy. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my name is Billy Coleman. I'm from North Chicago, Illinois. Which is a, a, a suburb also of Chicago, which is next to where I'm from, Waukegan. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I've been in the corporate industries <laughs> multiple for about 10 years. Uh, started in HRO business and then went to uh, Underwriter Laboratories. Started working as a uh, learning management system administrator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and got hooked up with a global business, an amazing global business. And from there, I started traveling globally. Wow. Yeah. So you are a global citizen, right? Yeah, I'm a global citizen. Um, I try to view myself as a citizen of the planet, um, and that makes me a purpose-driven traveler. Yep. Yeah. So what is purpose-driven traveling Okay. Entail. Okay, so it really entails learning more about where you're going mm-hmm. and understanding if when you go there um what what you're going to do, what you're going to participate in when you're there. Are you helping the people at your location or are you participating in something that can hurt them either directly or systemically? So really um I use different sources like uh workaway.info to find ways to um provide equity focused self-development for countries that I visit and I go to different programs and yeah, I help out. Wow. Yeah. So how did you get in, into this space? I know you were talking about from your job and like you went to China. Yeah. So like, how did you like one start to feel that that was like where you wanted to go with your life and yeah. your career? And then two, how did you know that that was for you? Okay. Um. So I wasn't a traveler, traveler my whole life, you know what I mean? And, and I don't come from a culture of global travel. Um, the majority of my family does not have a passport. Um, we just didn't grow up with that. Um, but I got through UL, I started uh, traveling globally. And when I was traveling, I was in China, I started noticing that there was a difference between the people I was engaging with and the people on the street. Oh. Yeah, and um, there was some instances where I was being, you know, asked to participate in some street activities. And I'm like... Mm. What's what's going on? Like, what is this? Is this attached to the slum? Is this attached to, a, uh, you know, a lower class structure that's in place? And, you know, it kind of kicked off from there. I started, I just made the decision that I'm like, man, I want to help these people. Or I, not so much that I want to help them. I want to know more about these people. Mm. The same way if someone came to North Chicago and they saw guys kicking it on the street, you don't just assume something negative about them. You should just want to know who they are because it's yeah, their community. Because like, help them sounds like they are in destitute or in need. Exactly. Where more likely it's just like the way of their life. Uh, yes. And so how do you assimilate and also understand and respect the culture? Exactly. Like. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. So it started, um, I didn't know how to prepare myself. So I just booked a ticket to Paris. And I stayed in Paris for three months in 2012. Yeah, I just went for the spring and I just started doing a whole lot of reading. And, you know, because I was like, oh, man, I've heard all these romantic things about Paris and France. But I'm like, I want to know what France actually is. So I moved to a suburb outside of Mm -hmm. uh, Paris and I lived there for three months and just, you know, existed on croissants and, and wine and poetry and, and a great great food and yeah, coffee great food, and yeah. tea and wine honey. yeah yeah so while you were there and like doing your Paris thing yeah what are some of your like most memorable moments there and like 
how did you even like say Paris was the place? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it sounds like it was like darts thrown at a map. It really and you're was. Like, okay, it I'm really going here and I'm going to just make it work. Yeah. And like, you didn't know French. I didn't. So like, and how I still did don't. you do all of that? You know, it's so funny. Like, um, at UL, I really got into the business of understanding competencies mm-hmm. and looking at ourselves with a competency profile and being like, what can you actually do? You know what I mean? There's things that we're certified to do or things that we've been established through our education. But there are other things that are just we're competent at doing that. So I was like, you know, I think I could just go. I was just yeah. real like courageous and was like, I think I could do this because I really want to see what's up, you know? Yeah. And then I went online and I looked at apartments and stuff and this was before the Airbnb culture. Um, yeah, so it was like just find a place and then I had to understand about currency conversion. So I was just doing a lot of research. Like, how do I engage with the world? Like, yeah. I don't even know how. Like, how much of my dollar, what will my dollar be like in the springtime in Paris of 2012. And then how yeah. do I manage that? You know what I mean? Um, but I linked like the uh, the metro system to the Chicago L. Like, so I was like, all right, I know how to do the L. I know how to take the bus. And that's just numbers. You know what I mean? Colors and numbers. You know, yeah, the red line, yeah. the green line, whatever, the 136 Broadway or whatever. Um, shout out Rogers Park. Ah! Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was just like, I know I can do that, so I probably can just build off that, and that's what I did. I flew to Paris, and then I took the metro to my apartment, and then I just started exploring block by block by block. Wow! Yeah, that's brave. But you know what? You know the interesting thing is that um, we do that. I don't know if you remember back in the day when we started exploring Chicago. Yeah. We were like, we're just gonna take this exit. You know, there might have yeah. been a party that we were going to or whatever, but there was a lot of just like, let's take this discovery exit. Discovery. We were discovery. trying to do. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like finding where your limit is and then just going to a safe distance outside of it and then coming back to your comfort zone. I like how you phrase that. It's like a safe distance to know that you're coming back home. Yeah. Because I think sometimes we are like, I don't want to venture out because it's so not familiar. Mm-hmm. And familiarity is what prevents us from moving forward. Yes. So like to hear, like you're like, I'm not going to just jump out there all the way. Like it take time for me to get to this point to where I'm at now. So like to hear that is amazing. Yeah. So like, what are you doing now? What, what, what's going on with you? Okay. So right now I've established uh, um, a brand for my hobby. Um, and as we were saying, kind of off, off mic, this is, this is a hobby. I'm really not in the the business right now of monetizing this experience. I just want to, show everyone what I've done so that more people can take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've created this brand, which is called Rosani Hinko. Ooh. And uh, Rosani is Hindi for light. And Hinko is Japanese for change. Ooh. So the brand represents light change. Um, and I really came, I came to understand this personality, this brand, because people are starting to, for lack of better terms, wake up. They're starting to become more conscious. They're starting to become more um, aware of things from a global perspective. Mm -hmm. But no one is really um, measuring the rate of evolution of self. Mm -hmm. And no one is really talking about the necessity for providing tools and support during your evolution. Right. So someone might say, you know, I now know more about a certain crisis in a particular place, or I, I now know more about intersectional feminism. But there's nothing that says, okay, but how, how was that path for you? When right. you came from not knowing about it to where you are now, are you tired? Ooh. You know, do you know who to help support? Do you know how? Are you going to fund it? Are right. you going to participate with your time? Like, what are you going to do? So Rosani Hinko is really about a community action project where we all go through these experiences individually and then come back collectively and say like, Hey, I went to Paris. 
And that shit was hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And being yeah. honest with each other and saying, you know, where have you been on the planet? How was it for you? Yeah. What what little things did you do? Like, and some people are, are making some great strides. Like there's some people out there who are only focusing on hair while traveling. Mm. And it's really important for African-American women, you know, it, they need to know what to do with their hair. You're right about that. Yeah, if they go abroad. So Scratches when I invited, weave now. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I invited my sister, you know, I curated a trip for my younger sister because I wanted her to experience what I've been doing. I've been right. going abroad for at that time about nine years, and so I curated a trip for her to come with me to Thailand, and then we went from Thailand to Nepal. So in Thailand, we did a lot of just like island hopping and beach hopping, mm-hmm. and that sounds super relaxing, but it's athletic as fuck. And well, it's a lot of walking. It's a lot of it's walking. It's a lot of sweating. It's a as lot well. of sweating. Yes, and for especially black women hair. Uh, I can attest as a black woman yeah. on travel, like, it be rough. It's rough, yeah. <laughs> and then we were going to, so I took her to one of my favorite islands in Thailand. It's called Kolipe. Uh-huh. And Kolipe is one of the farthest points. Um, it's, it's very close to the Malaysia border. And I used to take the train, you know, to the north and south of Thailand all the time. And it's really cheap. You know, you can get from, the, from Bangkok to the islands for 22 bucks. What? Yeah, so I was taking her to this remote island and I'm like, hey, it's remote though. Like, it's remote, which like means we're going to be... Like, flat yeah. iron may not work. Yeah. And so the things that I thought were super exciting were ex- extremely difficult for her. So, like, there's no dock. So mm. when you when the boat comes to the island, you have to get out of the boat into the water. Oh. And she was like... And I didn't explain to her. And so for me, it was like, this is magical as fuck. Like, look at this water. It's yeah, looking like I'm crazy touching. colors. It's amazing water. Yeah, and she like, no, nah, I'm scared. She's like, I'm legit scared. Like... You know, so it, I mean, it's, it's it's scary, and especially if she's not a strong swimmer. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm not a strong swimmer either. Yeah. Um, you know, give me more than four feet. I'm like, wait a minute now, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to die today, Lord. Um, but like, I get it. That makes sense. And like, getting acclimated to that is not as easy as one would perceive. Yes. Because when you're like there, you want to have all these experiences, but also you're like. I'm also nervous because I have not had these experiences. Exactly. Yes. And so um, we did that. And what I did was try to do my best to to listen to her and make her feel more empowered to speak about her experience. So um, her personal life experience has taught her to be quiet about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And through travel, I wanted to help her understand that you have to talk. If you don't like what's happening or you don't like the plan that's being made, now is your time. You should feel empowered to say, I have just as much stake in my experience as everyone else. So I want to go left versus right. Um, I took her to the, I took her to the um, Elephant Rehabilitation Center in, oh, I forgot the name. That's okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I forgot the name, but I, you know, I made it so that she could get comfortable with that kind of lifestyle from a safe distance. Wow. Yeah, and she really enjoyed it. So how can one get like involved or start to do this? How can like someone start traveling? Like if they were interested in like trying this sort of lifestyle opportunity. Yeah. Cause a lot of people don't know that this exists. So yeah. like how can they? learn more or do more. Okay. So the first thing that I would suggest is um, get a map or a globe and put it in your home, put it in a prominent spot. Mm. Um, My high school education did not include geography. I know that sounds crazy. I come from a lower income neighborhood and our school was definitely impacted by that. So we weren't taught about the world. Uh. We were taught about history 
Yeah. As it pertained to what was going to happen to us with our life. But we weren't like, I couldn't point Malaysia out on a map. Wow. I didn't know where London was in rep- in relation to Brazil. So what I would say is just start to expand your global awareness and just say like, what, what does the surface of the planet look like? Yeah. And then choose like three places to just learn more about and start, you could, you know, pick up a podcast about that place or just start to Google information about that place just to start to whet your appetite or pique your interest about that place. And then from there, just look at what you have to do to get there. Mm -hmm. Do you have to get a passport? If so, what does that entail? You know? Right. Do you need a visa? How long does your visa need to be? Yes. All those things. Oh, wow. So that can be uh, an extreme undertaking. So what I'm doing right now, like I said, I was working with uh, instructional designers at UL. So I am, you know, I've got a bit of proficiency in creating e-learnings and instructor-led training. So right now I'm developing a 12-module e-learning course. Um, that's about becoming a global citizen. And it breaks down that that whole experience of being completely unaware of how to travel globally. Wow. How do I engage with the uh, the map? How do I engage with passport services or US.gov? How do I uh, get the proper shots? And then I introduce them to workaway.com info and help them understand what kind of traveler they are. What are you Mm. willing to deal with? What are things that you're not willing to deal with? And from there you create kind of your traveler's profile and you say, if I want this much luxury, then this is the amount of money I have to spend. But then it's also super, like I said, um, equity focused. So it's really about saying, okay, if you want luxury, I just want you to know that this is what's happening to those people in order for you to have luxury. And what does that mean? So for example, so This whole idea of traveling with purpose is very new. Even volunteering is being turned on its head. We're finding out that there's a lot of racism um, in racist influences and colonialist colonizing influences. And so people are starting to back away and say, even in my earnest desire to help, I've been doing something wrong. It's like a disservice that I'm doing. Yes. And what's happening is the narrative or the stories of people who need help because of like social media and other things is starting to be told by them instead of about them. So if you look at like even National Geographic and, you know, I don't mean to say this as a dig, but like it's all about resources and access and white males have had access in cameras and program development. And so they always tell the stories. But what's happening now is that even if they have a simple device and they have social media, these people can come out and say, this is actually what's happening to us. And these are the programs that we need in order to be, you know. Yeah, no, it's like the victor can tell the story, right? Yes. But like, are they really the victor or do they have the microphone? You know what right. I mean? Exactly. And so, like, that's so important. I'm glad you brought that point out because, like, in a lot of countries, you know, they were colonized. You know, there's only one country in the Caribbean that overthrew their government. Yes. Yet everyone's been colonized. And now it's the poorest country in the Caribbean, Haiti. Haiti, yes. And so, like, yes, they're not even able to tell their own story yeah. because the victor of other islands in the Caribbean in- tells the story exactly. of how colonization happened. Yes. So it's so important. I yeah. thank you for that point. Yeah. So what's something that people should know as a takeaway uh, when they're trying to become a global citizen like you? Okay. Um, if you want to become a global citizen, the first step is to put a globe or a map in a central place in your home. Really start to talk about the planet Earth versus 
just where you live. And that will start to build an awareness and an interest in these other places. Um, if you And then if you decide to go to a place, I would say understand your motivation. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you want to go there? Is it because you want to take advantage of their beachfront? Is it because you want to um, explore their culture? Like what what... What is it that you want? And then once you know what it is that you want, you have to research their culture and the industry that allows you to engage with them. You know what I mean? So if you're saying, I'm getting a cheap deal on rooms at this particular hotel, I would ask, who owns who owns the hotel? Who's getting the money? You know, and if it's not someone that is directly linked to that community, you might want to, you know, think about it and do a bit more research. Um, Even if you decide to volunteer, it's important that you make the org, the org that you want to volunteer with answer the right questions. They should be they should have a very clear line between the work that you're doing and a very um, transparent solution architecture for that group. Sustainable. Right. Um, I found I was on some. um volunteer programs and it was actually negative because there was such high Mm. um, volunteer turnover and what they were doing they were selling packages for people to volunteer for two weeks or more with children and it was just it was aggressively destructive like aggressively destructive and you had these little brown kids who were just being shuffled back and forth between rich volunteers who were like I've spent two weeks having the, you know, the best experience of my life, but there wasn't really any content there about what this was doing to these people. And I had a conversation, this was in India actually, and I had a conversation with the women, the strong, amazing women who were teaching at that facility. And I asked them, do you know what we're doing here? And it was really soul crushing because they told me that they thought we were doing a documentary about how bad they were as teachers. What? Yeah, and I had been there, I had been there for three months. So I during been, that duration, they didn't even realize... They weren't communicated with. People hadn't asked them about their resources, their curriculum, what they were doing, why the children that were coming to us were needed, you know, needed this program, how you measured how they got better, how you introduced them to the fact that they were going to have a high turnover of individuals if there was any separation anxiety. You know, there's a lot... So it's like the, a white savior situation that kind of goes on yes. in these moments. And unfortunately, it prevents the indigenous people of their own uh, uh, communities that are doing the good work yes. to get recognition for the good yes. work. It kind of oversteps. Yes. That's bananas. Yeah, and it's like, you know, what's happening, it's crazy that all this stuff is coming out, but it's great because it's all coming out. You know what I mean? So people are like, like if you go to a, a remote village and you're on a program, who asks if they asked for this program? Right. Like who says, you know, there's so much money being spent on development in Africa and other, you know, continents. I mean, Africa is a massive 54 countries, I believe, right? Right. And for so long, I'll be honest, I was taught to look at that mass as Africa. I wasn't even taught to break that down into countries. You know what I mean? Yeah, because we're taught... Africa. Africa, yes, and I, I had to start. Burkina Faso, Kenya, and they all have their own culture, their right. own languages, yes. their own like Needs. things yes. that they right are are needed in their country to to survive in their own rule. There's no dollar that, or as we call it, a dollar, but money is not the same currency from country to country. Yes, on the continent, that is bananas. Yes, and I mean, there's another thing about travel we were talking about earlier, where um, there's this weird concept that's kind of being shattered, which I'm glad about, is that. That um, everybody doesn't want to be in America. We yeah. do. We have a lot of um, 
immigrants that do come here and they're searching for a better life and there's opportunity here, no doubt. There is a lot of, you know, space for growth and, you know, but there's some dope ass countries on this planet. Oh, yeah. And there's some dope countries where they are thriving except for the fact that somebody meddled with them or somebody tried to colonize. Exactly. So I've gone to some places where they're like, we we don't want to be like you. We're just asking for your help because the system that that you come from is so strong that we have to get a leg up. That's true. You know what I mean? Like give us the opportunity to thrive on our own. Give us the resources that are our own and not kind of like take what we have and use us because that's what a lot of countries do is get used for their resources and never get paid for them. Yes. And so what happens is, so that's why I think the web-based training that I've created is so important because one of the um, modules is about mental health while volunteering or traveling abroad. Mm -hmm. And I've actually um, partnered with Dr. Jamika Moore, who is a psychologist that specializes in anxiety and OCD Behavioral? Behavior. Behaviors, uh, yes. So she looked at the content for that's actually module three, and it really goes into what happens to you when you start to be introduced to new stimuli or new knowledge about yourself and right. your impact on the planet. And then how can you go through that process but still be well? You know mm. what I mean? Still be strong and come out on the other side impacted positively. Wow. Yeah. You are just dropping a lot of nuggets on us. <laughs> and like, I want to get my passport stamped a couple more times. So I need to uh, go ahead and definitely get on this 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 train of how to get to be a global citizen as well. Because yes. the U.S. is, oh my God, right yes. now. Yeah. Um, and I mean, every country has its issues. But... Of course. Of course. So what I would say is if anybody out there is just like, you know what? I don't feel like global travel is for me. I would say just jump on my Instagram. You know, I'd like if you follow me, but if you don't, that's okay. My profile is public, but it's who is Rosani Hinko? Do you who, mind spelling that? Yeah. So who, W-H-O, is I-S, Rosani, R-O-S-A-N-I, Hinko, H-E-N-K-O. So boop, boop, boop. yes, who is Rosani Hinko? And that the, that title is actually strategic as well because light change is in all of us um, and the ability to change at different levels rates is inside all of us. So Rosani Hinko really represents the light change in all of us. So if you come on my Instagram page, you're going to see a lot of just beautiful imagery that was taken by me. And it is equity focused relationships. All of the content that's on my page was done without a negative connotation to anybody that's on the page. I currently have like... Care for this. Yeah. I I currently have amazing relationships with family in uh, Cuba, Malaysia, Cambodia, um, Vietnam, Thailand, Nepal, India, England, France, Mexico, China, Hong Kong, like all these people. And we have amazing visual imagery. Yeah. Um, And so I just want people to get on Instagram and see it. Come and, you know, take a look at the movies, take a look at the images and ask questions. You know, follow these stories and you'll start to see that there's a place for you, not only here in the United States, but all around the world. Wow, that's amazing. So I ask everybody this question. and And the fact that like you're a world traveler, this question for you may be a little difficult because you do a lot of things and try a lot of things, yes. right? So what's your favorite rosé? And if you don't have a favorite rosé, what is your favorite beverage? My favorite adult beverage. beverage. Adult yes. beverage. Um, so I don't have a favorite rosé because I'm not too familiar with rosé. But as Oh, a, don't worry. We'll get you <laughs> familiar. <laughs> um, my favorite alcoholic beverage would be... Um, 
we call it moonshine in the states but oh. in every village that I visited there is some sort of um, alcoholic beverage that they make that's homemade so in India they have something called toddy t-o-d-d-y yes. and toddy is fermented coconut water mm. yes so you go to these toddy bars off in these islands in the backwaters and there's these like Small buildings that are toddy bars. Yeah. And you drink there. And in Nepal, they have something called Roxy. And Roxy is fermented rice wine. I'm here for that. Yeah. And it's actually really delicious. Like, is is really delicious. Not you don't have a lot of uh, bubbles, <laughs> but you know it does the job. It does the job. It gets you where you need to go. Listen, <laughs> every country, everywhere you go, you can get there. Somehow, <laughs> there is a route to get there. <laughs> well, I want to thank you, but before that, how I know you already dropped your Instagram, but how if someone had questions um, about like trying to become a global citizen, learning yes. more about you know uh, your your um, cu- curriculum, and wanted to come to the courses. How can they get in touch with you? Okay, so you can definitely catch me on Instagram again at who is Rosani Hinko. The great thing about right now is that I'm doing beta testing of the e-learning. So mm. you could get access to this information right now and you would benefit me so much because you could be able to run through it and tell me what you think about it like in real time. So they'll be able to connect to you through Instagram, Instagram for that? Yes, they can. So nice. everything comes to who is Rosani Hinko at Instagram. You can DM me like a picture, follow me, whatever. And if you show any interest, I'm just going to reach out and be like, hey, you know, are you interested in global travel or becoming a global citizen? I've got some really engaging content that I think you will enjoy. Yay! Well, Billy... I am just so thankful. One, you're my friend. Yep. Two, you came from Chicago to DC to do this podcast. Yep. And three, to talk about the amazingness of being a global citizen and just the equity that needs to be put forth when we travel to different countries, making sure that we are not overstepping boundaries and making sure that when we're volunteering, we're volunteering for the right reasons. Yeah. And everything you've talked about is so amazing. I know I'm personally going to go on your Instagram because. I want to do something. Um, And I feel like this is a great opportunity. So thank you for teaching us more about global citizenship. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Of course. Well, cheers. Cheers. Sip, sip, hooray. Sip, sip, hooray. Thank you. Yay. Raspy. Thanks, Billy, for teaching us about how to be global citizens. Well, unfortunately, we may have to pause in life and actually being global citizens due to COVID-19. But want to just thank Billy, our sound engineer, Ty, production crew, and bartender Ben, pew, 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 for our eighth episode. At some point, I'm going to stop counting because this is pretty huge for me. I'm really excited that we have completed now eight episodes. So awesome. Super excited for our next week episode. It's a real treat. We have one guest again, but it's a different type of episode. So you don't want to miss it. Additionally, if you want to reach out to us, email me at Renee at the Rosehourpodcast.com. Additionally, check us out on social media at the Rose Hour Podcast on all platforms. Don't forget to listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Breaker, you name it, we're there. So until next time, friends, sip, sip, hooray! Pew, 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 pew
we sippin' raw. 